0: Hello, everyone, welcome to Popcast on the Rocks, episode one hundred and eighteen, where a podcast talks about pop culture things and sometimes. There is whiskey. My name is John and I am joined as always by Andrea on this late evening. How's it going?
1: Good, good. Just staying awake. I can do it.
2: <laughs> yep.
1: yep. <laughs> nah, nah, it's all good. I'm all jazzed up from uh, a couple games of softball. I just realized like in looking at, you know, our Twitch account, like, man, my outfit this week is uh quite similar to my one last week. Just Oh some, really? Like Red shirt, green shirt, and uh, who knows if you Mm. can tell the difference. (laughs) Mm.
0: See, I was thinking our colors were kind of working pretty well today. You know, we do, we do. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. but no, I, I, uh, yeah, my look is uh, quite the same. So apparently, I've got like a sports Andrea look.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, uh, yeah, we both came from physical activities here, so
1: yeah. Hopefully, that keeps us jazzed and awake. Throughout the sleep mm-hmm. episode.
0: Yeah. No, it always it always gets me wired. I'll be physically mm-hmm. tired but mentally awake. So
1: right, same.
0: hmm Um, all right. Well, tonight's gonna be a little bit different. We're gonna mm-hmm. axe some news. Uh, we're gonna get mm-hmm. right to the heart of things um after we talk drinks and a little update on our weeks. Um, then we're gonna talk about our webtoons we've been covering yet. Maybe mm-hmm. meant to be and solo leveling. Um, you know, these are these are things that are short enough, like right now. If you have not yet read to episode nine of Soul Leveling, you could do that right now. Easy. And then you'll be ready to go by the time we get there. Mm
2: -hmm. So
0: mm -hmm. and then uh at the end of the episode, we're gonna talk about the next episode of House of the Dragon. Mm -hmm. Um HOD, HOTD, whatever, you know. Uh, we're gonna get there and it's gonna be spoilery, it's gonna be fun. So stick around for that. Um, But for for all the things, as I mentioned, drink holidays, we got to talk about those.
1: Yes, yes. Let's rewind our week to uh, cling to the last couple of days of August here and celebrate on August 25th. It was one of my personal favorite drink holidays, or at least college Andrea, if we're going to use like different stages of Andrea tonight. Uh, it's one of my favorite holidays, Whiskey Sour Day.
0: Kind of like a Gia thing. Like, yeah. Converse yes. with other stages of life.
1: Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sports, Andrea, college, Andrea. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, August 25th was Whiskey Sour Day. I am not nice. celebrating. Are you? No. Okay. Moving right along then. Uh, August 28th, National Red Wine Day. Current Andrea would definitely like to celebrate this holiday. Sadly, not doing it, but John, you You
0: know, I'm not, if we could, if we could over the distance here, split a bottle of red wine, make it happen, Uh, but you know, technology is not there yet. So,
1: well, that's why we got to get back our in-person episodes. We've been saying that for some time, but
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sometime
1: soon, sometime soon. Uh, Sticking on that kind of same theme the following day, August 29th, International Cabernet Sauvignon Day. Not my favorite type of red wine, but I know mm. it's pretty common among mm-hmm. red wine drinkers.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: I'm guessing no on red wine, no on Cabernet nope. Sauvignon.
2: That would All be right. correct. Yep.
1: All right, then. Same day, different choices. Wildly different choices. It's lemon juice day on August 29th as well. That was just like fun to include that in there.
2: Yeah, Gonna have the mixers right.
1: I mean, yeah, I was going to say, I don't know anybody who drinks like lemon juice straight up, but <laughs> it's a great mixer.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's great for a lot of things. Great for your throat, right?
1: Yes. Yes, yeah. indeed. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah. I'm not, uh, I have no lemon juice present. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Neither me. Then finally, today, August 30th, it is National Mai Tai Day, which I realized I've never had.
0: I don't think I have either. Yeah. yeah. Mm.
1: I don't know. I feel like tropical. it's a very like vacationy specific yeah. drink mm-hmm. that I don't know that I would just try off the cuff on any random day. So I gotta wait yeah. for like a good vacation to try one.
0: Yeah, when I was in Fort Myers, I feel like that would have been a prime opportunity. Mm, I did sure. have sweet tropical drinks,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: uh, yeah, I don't. I don't recall having a mai, mai tai. So sure. So, yeah. And so I don't tonight either.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, me neither. So we're over <laughs> five tonight on both oh of us. Oh my
0: gosh, we had so many
1: opportunities. I know what a good week, and we squandered it.
0: Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yes,
1: unfortunately, coming straight from sports, it doesn't really lend itself to like. I know. Let's have a drink.
0: <laughs> mm. I, <laughs> so. You know, if it was hot, I guess you know in the middle of the day, and you come back, cold right. beer, right? That kind of thing still wouldn't be any of the holidays here, but. Right. uh
1: but yeah. yeah, it would be something.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, do you have anything? Water?
1: I have water and ginger ale, man.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, I have, I have water as well. Uh, You know, that's, that's really great, but I thought I got to do something. So I've got a shot of
1: uh,
0: peanut butter whiskey.
1: Yeah, um, there you go. You're one half of whiskey sour day.
0: Yeah, it's whiskey. And then <laughs> I, if I feel so inclined, I still have next to me from the other week my Targaryen whiskey. There you go. So, there you go. You know, Perfect. If I need a shot to get through anything or you know, whatever, I will <laughs> I will do so. But uh cheers to your ginger ale and healthy me choices.
1: Too.
2: Yeah. All
1: right. I feel like uh, there's one specific point that I definitely want to bring up when we talk about House of the Dragon that I could have used a shot, and <laughs> I feel like I feel like you know it from my notes because I didn't look at your I was, notes. I, okay, I, I, if you if you look at my notes, I was not shy about my feelings in a particular scene.
0: So, as a co-host, I don't know if it's best for me to look at your notes or mm-hmm. to steer clear of them. Sometimes I try to like scan them during the show to see if there's something sure. we're missing that we haven't talked about. But sure. Otherwise, I like being surprised by what you're going to say generally. So,
1: yeah, same. Although I feel like sometimes for things like um, Raised by Wolves, I like to scan your notes because sometimes the show was so cerebral that I wanted to like think about, right? You know what 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 we'd written down, yeah. like our thoughts, because they got a little bit more into the, you know intangible or like philosophical. So it was just like, Yeah, okay. Like I want to ruminate on that. I want to chew on it. For other you don't types be, of things. For other you don't types be of blindsided? things. Like I like being surprised. No, it's not about being blindsided, but it was just like, oh, sometimes I you know, like that's a really good yeah. comment and I really want to think about it.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then it would like kind of spark my own like I'd already watched the show and took my own notes. So it wasn't like, oh let me copy John's notes. Like a really great idea.
0: But yeah. Yeah, you do want to, yeah, because yeah, sometimes thinking about it in the moment, it takes it takes a little more, so. right? Yeah, for sure. All right, well, um, <laughs> oh, I'm a little sad now. Uh, talk about raised by wolves. It's no more.
1: I know, I know. Oh, yeah. shed a tear, mm-hmm. raise yeah. a glass, take a mm-hmm. shot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What's uh What's your week been like? We're a little under a week since our last show. But uh, what have you managed to watch or read?
1: Well, well, of course, you know, we've we've both been busy since we both attended the uh, Minnesota Renaissance Festival. Huzzah! Um, Huzzah! When I hear huzzah, sometimes my mind just adds for the tipper.
0: Yeah. When when you hear
1: it the most.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh, Huzzah for the tipper.
1: Huzzah for the tipper. Um, So, yeah, so we both attended the Renaissance Festival which was a great time as per usual. Um, but yeah, other than that, in terms of like media I've consumed, it's been a lot of webtoons. Um, okay. Of course, I've read, you know, our things for today, but then yep. I also started a couple of new series, um, two that I wanted to just briefly mention because I'm really enjoying them. Um, one is called Love Me to Death. And it's a the story of a necromancer who brings back, um, a young woman on a contract for somebody else, um, and relationships, you know, start to get complicated. States of being are questioned, like different mindsets are questioned. So um, I like it. It's a really well put together webtoon, a husband and wife team, and I think they do a really excellent job. I'm enjoying it so far. Love the art style so far as well. Um, and then I'm also reading Suitor Armor, um, which I thought started off well. I'm I'm less far into that one. Um, uh, but I like the feel of the universe that's being created okay. so far.
0: So. See, I saw your notes in here and mm-hmm. I said, okay. The first one I saw was my ID is Gungam Beauty. And yes. I, I went and looked at that and was like, okay, that one looks kind of cool. And then I saw your comment. I was like, oh okay. And I
1: tried I tried and it wasn't like the story was terrible. I just really, it was slow moving and I really hated the art style. Okay. And I wanted to like it because I know it's, um, I I know it's a, a Netflix show, I believe. Um, wow. So I was like, oh, I really want to read this and then go watch the Netflix series.
0: It's a weird premise. Yeah. Like, I felt kind of weird by the premise yeah you know, so someone I- that gets major plastic surgery and then is like hoping to start a new and i know that from my understanding like korean culture is incredibly um superficial in terms of like mm-hmm. beauty standards and stuff or whatever right um but so i could see where this comes from i guess but
1: right yeah the like I said the story seemed well written but yeah I had a hard time with like the essential premise and I had a hard time with the art style so I just okay. I was like yeah, maybe I'll just watch the Netflix series and I just have to try it there maybe this just like isn't the medium for me Okay N-
0: maybe I'll try I love me to death cuz I looked at the other two I'm like oh, I don't I don't know about this art like I didn't go in any of them just like looking at the thumbnails yeah. the previous stuff or whatever um but if you love that art, maybe I can look at it more.
1: I I loved it. It's it's definitely different. It's not like traditional, like you know, manga type of like emulation art style. It's very like cartoon.
2: Mm, yeah.
1: So so it's very different that way. But I think it works for this. Okay.
0: Okay. Cool.
1: So yeah. And then, of course, yeah, what uh, Red solo leveling may, may be meant to be and then nabbed in the uh, latest House of the Dragon.
0: Yeah. the I mean, the week went fast, right? It really so. did.
1: <laughs> I mean, the Renaissance Festival does take like a generous amount of time.
0: So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I, you know, all the things for the show and um, Ashley had been kind of out of like webtoons and manga and stuff for a little bit. Uh, kind of caught up on everything mostly and so she was looking for some new stuff and she found one uh called Like Wind on a Dry Branch, which is an Ooh. interesting title. And I first saw it and I was like, I don't know about this art. Again, it's it's definitely like you can tell usually right away, like
2: mm-hmm.
0: um if who the audience is for you know mm-hmm. the target audience is and definitely a lot of the stuff she reads, which is under Understandable is uh more show ho looking, you know, um, geared mm-hmm. towards women. So it's like not my style normally, but I did open this up and take a look. And the, for sure, the backgrounds are really well done. So, mm, um, sure, I might actually, I might actually give this one a shot. And, um, and then I finally got in the mail just, I think yesterday, um, War Party. Oh yeah. So this is this is issue number four. Mm-hmm. Um it is by Justin Murphy, and he signed it and everything. And um it's a little sad because now I have to wait a while for the next issue. But again, werewolf, people transforming into monsters kind of action set in the like uh um see it's I think it's 17 1736 and um, just a couple shots from the inside. Um, one of the things that I've disliked about American comics a lot over the years is the false advertising. You look at a cover and they, often, they, they pay a different person to spend hours and hours making a cover. And mm-hmm. then they pay someone else to do the pencils for the interior.
1: Mm-hmm. Someone
0: else that's expected to turn out books fast. Well, when you're doing independent comics, they don't do monthly, you know, so they can take their time more on stuff. So you get a better like. a more true to like what it looks like on the cover to what Mm -hmm. it looks like on the Mm -hmm. interior, and so I just appreciate that uh, because manga doesn't do that sort of false advertising thing. When you look at manga or Webtoons, you look at the cover, that's what it's like on the inside, except. Probably not in color, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyways, War Party, this is issue four of six. Um, I'm liking this series so far. I have to say in this issue there was I saw where it was going. I'm not upset with where it's going, but I saw it coming. And mm-hmm. then um, I kind of wish there was was gonna be a few more issues in this series so I could get to care more about the people. Because right now we're invested in the central person's story. But the the people that are along uh, in his war party, along with him and stuff, I don't know that much about, I don't care that much for him, you know, so mm-hmm. maybe we'll see what happens in the next two issues. But um, yeah, anyways, war party issue four. It's good. I have issue zero coming. It's kind of a prequel sort of thing. Oh, okay. So wanted to mention that. And then um, I finished issue, volume one of Kowloon, uh, Generic Romance. So this is where I heard the uh, watermelon with cigarettes. It's actually oh, sure. is even her on the cover with it. <laughs> on
1: the cover, yeah. Yeah. Why? Um, God, that seems familiar somehow.
0: Yeah, well, so in the back here, it says... Kowloon walled city in Hong Kong was once the most densely populated place on earth with about 33,000 people living in a 6.5 acre interconnected high rise towers. Mm -hmm. Um, It's crazy. So that's a real place. It was a real Mm -hmm. thing and it's crazy. And I'd never heard of it until looking into this book and Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was like under territorial dispute, uh, British rule and some of that. And then eventually was demolished in 1994 um okay but this author she was um interested intrigued in in the city and so this is a story that takes place um in that city and um it's only volume one it's the only volume that is presently out and available okay but uh i like it a lot it's uh it's a it's a romance story um But a different take on one, and I really, the setting of Kowloon is really interesting to me. Um, And it feels like an older manga, just even the art style a little bit. I don't know. So, anyways, Volume 1, it's the only one available. Volume 2 is coming out pretty quickly, I think. Uh, Kowloon Generic Romance by Jun Mayuzuki. Okay. zuki and um yeah, recommended awesome, so those are my little reviews for things cigarettes and week. watermelon
1: also recommended
0: I mean, kids don't <laughs> smoke um, <laughs> but uh yeah, actually it kind of kind of grew up me a little bit, so I'll make, it's a, okay. I'll make it It's okay, this is, is the late
1: now. night episode we can say it
0: That's right no oh, kidding right mhm, mhm. You know, it's interesting that different like smoking cultures or whatever, you know, all the smoking culture, drinking culture, all this stuff in different places or whatever, and Korea seems like even bigger than Japan in terms of like a smoking culture. A lot of manga or a lot of manhwa and the webtoons stuff, like the people pretty commonly smoke,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'd say. So
1: I was, uh, I mean, speaking of, I was pretty surprised at actually uh, because the webtoons that I've read haven't featured smoking, so I was sort of surprised by maybe "Meant to Be" and the level of like Gia, our main character, mm. and her smoking and how that's the thing. I, I, I mean, it, it wasn't like oh my god, shocking! Somebody smoked cigarettes, but it was just like oh, like I just haven't encountered that in a webtoon, and mm-hmm. it needs to be so prevalent.
0: I think that if you and am- Correct me if um you've had different experience from what you've read, but I feel like if sure. things are placed in Seoul or in a real Korean city, mm-hmm. um, then it's common and the like drinking culture and going for drinks after work and all that sort of thing. But when you're when you're set in a fantasy environment or some other place, it's less mm-hmm. prevalent.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I would say that's definitely my experience. I think also um just with maybe and maybe it's the the tunes that I've chosen um or just you know by happenstance um it's usually like a side character doing it and so I just don't quite notice it or like mm-hmm. a main character's doing it but it's not quite as prevalent as like this main character so and it's not like a topic of discussion it just like happens. So I'm not really yep. paying attention to it. And then in this one, this last, ep- like, I don't know, series of episodes, I just really was like, huh, like, I just keep forgetting that her smoking is a thing until it's like right there mm-hmm. again.
0: So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because in like American culture, when it was the the tail end of when it was permitted,
2: mm-hmm.
0: the only time you'd see tobacco use was by an evil fat businessman right. with a cigar it's like the right. jun- like the stereotype kind of thing and then um in japanese stuff i feel like it's once you get into the um it's usually a side person like you're saying or it's pretty seldom when it's shonen or the kind of early mid-teen
2: mm-hmm.
0: oriented content well you get this sent in and you get a little like you know your characters are now in their 20s or 30s um then it becomes much more common common yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah jump I mean jumping on that like when you said it's like high school or shonen it's like the rebel character
0: yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> well anyways so, I don't fancy to it, sing like, one, but
1: <laughs> no it's it's funny how like you know props like that can you know like register in your brain as like signals yeah you know, shorthand for like this type of character
0: yeah Absolutely. For sure, like, I'm, and if I've never talked about it on here, smoking in Japan, so it's kind of interesting where, you know, here in the States some time ago, uh, they, you know, pretty much universally banned smoking indoors, you know, in like restaurants mm-hmm. and whatever. Um, In Japan, it's more the opposite. Like, it's more frowned upon to be smoking outside, like. If you're smoking outside, you're smoking in a smoking area
2: mm-hmm.
0: or you're like, you know, out of people aren't around, you know, you're outside of whatever you're not in the hustle and bustle of things. But like, it's so often you'll see outside at festivals or parades or what or things, there'll be a smoking tent. So they'll set mm-hmm. up like an area that if you want to go right. and smoke outside, you go there. And then there's, it's common to have smoking inside allowed. Mm-hmm. So just sort of opposite of what, how we
1: yeah.
0: hear. So anyways, smoking conversation. Or <laughs> <laughs> um, well, right. at
1: least it can, it can sort of transition us.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So we're skipping news this week. Um, oh, yeah. Alan, she a picture. Oh yeah. You can, you should put that on, on screen if you can somehow. Replace <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> my picture with it. I don't know, you know, I try very carefully to heed the, uh, you know, cultural standards or uh, rules of wherever I'm going. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, after this image that Alan took of me, uh, that where I'm I'm holding a cigarette with chopsticks, Mm -hmm. I was was thinking definitely in that moment, like, I wonder if this would be considered inappropriate or rude in some way. So... I don't know. I don't know. I've always thought Fair about enough. that. Um. <laughs> anyways. So, yeah, no news this week. We'll talk about the news next week. I'm sure there'll be a, an onslaught of things to catch up on. Okay. We're going right into Webtoon Talk. And maybe meant to be. Mm-hmm. um, Episode 16 through 18.
2: Mm-hmm. We're getting Some into
0: this quite a ways. Episodes. Yeah. Yeah, it is. We're uh, shifting focus a little bit on our characters here.
1: Right. I was going to say, speaking of, you know, side characters, we get a whole, like, two episodes that are basically devoted to them. Kind of almost two and a half, really. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's their story plus, like, how it ties in with our main character, Gia. Minchul's, Mm -hmm. like, almost non-existent here.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I should have wrote down their uh, their names here because we have uh,
1: Sang Yu so- Choi or Sang Yu. Okay, so that's the guy. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, Choi. Yep.
1: Soo Yun I think is Soo Yan So. I think is the manager.
0: Yeah, I miss So. Yeah, that sounds right.
1: Yeah.
0: So and Choi.
1: So I so haha. Mm-hmm. Um I definitely just wanna be like, yep, called it, called it, called yeah, it. Like from definitely... the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I was definitely like, these guys are gonna have a thing and it's gonna be like an accidental, like, mm-hmm. whoops, we slept together and, ah, awkward. Like I knew it. <laughs> knew it.
0: I I, I so, like I this. Uh... <laughs> I like this side aside. I like this the separate mm-hmm. story here because It's nice to have a little bit of a break, honestly, from Gia's antics um, at this point. So it's a good good time to have that. And though it's like, do we? I'm not sure if I'm happy with how these two are. Handling this, but it's 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 funny and um, I'm not, you know, because it's fresh, it it's new because we haven't seen it. It's entertaining Mm -hmm. at this point
2: Mm -hmm. and we
0: get to know a little bit more um of choice background. Yes. And like how he's been putting on a facade. He's really been like pushed into this role. Like people see him in a certain way. It's your it's your sun sign versus your whatever, you know, moon sign or whatever, you know. Right. Um and the elevator scene. Elevator scene is good.
1: Yep. Yeah, no, they've got like all like the classic awkward moments, you know. Mhm. Um, it's so great that they're, you know, like they, you know, went to, went to bed together. They have the awkward morning wake up, like, what do mm-hmm. we do? And then they, you know, one says nothing and one is like, sorry. So just like, <laughs>
0: yeah. more awkward. Yeah. like and then haunts him yeah. worst,
1: worst responses, nothing and sorry, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah you know like running into each other and being like Whoa, like anything <laughs> else and then trying to talk to each other in the elevator and the male guy comes in and is like this is a terrible vibe i hate this yeah. vibe she's just in the middle like this is terrible um so yeah they're just like full of you know what do we do with this um,
0: well, I'm rooting for these two
1: I am too mm-hmm. i i think they're they're a lot of fun And it was fun to see them like, hey, they even have a past together. You know, they were together at university and they were Mm -hmm. kind of different people back then. Um, So that was kind of fun to like play a little rewind and get some background in that sort of like roundabout way, but also sort of develop their relationship in the now. And then, yeah, it it kind of led us to this great setup of learning more about sang Sang Yu Choi his background, his sisters' their backgrounds, and yeah. then suddenly we got this great pivot to mm-hmm. Gia and her background.
0: Flaming hot was, chicken feet.
1: I didn't see this coming. I loved no. it. This was mm-hmm. great. Like and all this interlude was like really well timed to give us a break from, like you said, Gia's antics with regard to Minchul, and then like deepen our side characters, and then. By extension, deep in our main character.
0: Love yeah. It. So then we have to, it, it gives us like uh, places we can see this going. Where, mm-hmm. why, what made Gia stop being a writer? Like, why is she not yeah. doing this anymore? Why is she not pursuing this? Like, what is, did she use, always, was she always this r- irresponsible or did something happen that like she stopped working and kind of introverted right. herself and whatever?
1: Yeah. Cause we've gotten some hints in the past. You know, like some past uh, panels of the tune where they've, you know, talked about like, you know, Gia at 25 employed um, and then like, oh, like we really want to talk about, you know, the way I am. It all happened after like this employment and then, oh, you know, I am the way I am. And it's like this specific age Gia's fault when she's like talking to all the different age level Gia's um, and having a conference with them, it's like, oh, it's your fault. So you've gotten like these hints of like, okay, she was gainfully employed. Clearly something happened and it's like catastrophic. And we don't yeah. know if it's like, good, bad, like embarrassing, whatever it is. But whatever the thing is clearly impacted Gia in a huge, huge way. Yeah. So now we're getting like, okay, she's not just employed. She was a romance writer. Yeah. And, like, I did not see that coming.
0: I mean, you mean, she doesn't seem like the queen of of <laughs> romance and how to manage a relationship. That,
1: it's so great the way they introduce it. Like she's like, "Oh, I think I'll try my head at writing." Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, super good. Like that was sort of like in line with Jia's character. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. that she wasn't like Sang Yu's sister where, you know, she was like, "Oh, I love writing. It's my passion and I've always wanted to do it." And you know, she's clearly dedicated. Jia's just like, "Now, oh, let me try." yeah um, so yeah and all of that d- felt like natural development there
0: am i remembering this right it's like uh choi's middle sister that's the writer i think it's his middle one that um that. yeah with, her hair was dyed the color that gia's used to be yeah so it's almost like she was looking up to gia yeah and like emulate because because they were both writers and but Gia hit it big and so it's kind of like a inspiration or something. So mm-hmm. because now Gia is obviously is going blonde. So I just it'd be interesting to see a meetup again, if that like rekindles something, or if she's like we see this sort of like looking up to Gia sort of thing, but then it's like, well right. look what she's become now, you know.
1: Right. Or like, you like see her hunched over
0: she... smoking again somewhere, you know. <laughs>
1: With Minchil eating some raw chicken. Some yeah. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: yeah. Or it'd be interesting to know if like she knows what the thing is or was involved in. Yeah. Is that, like, you know, kind of seems to have blown up Gia's life, whatever this thing is. Yep. So yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. I dig well, it. we learned a lot uh, that, yeah, they were fun, fun episodes, fun issues. And I think next week we're going to probably catch up to, mm-hmm. uh, live so we're gonna have to then after that make a decision if we want to kind of every other week it or one at a time or what but right yep getting caught up so <laughs> well um speaking of something we're nowhere near cut up on uh <laughs> solo leveling true so i've been again seeing this all over the place in stores in print so mm-hmm. i just it's cool that it's it's doing so well um, we're talking soul leveling numbers seven through nine so we're still in the early days here uh, early issues of this series. We're still trying to get out of this dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, what'd you think of these?
1: I loved the information that we got from these episodes. Um, there wasn't a lot of like forward momentum. In terms of plot. And so it was good to get some information about, like, okay, when they're in- describing this dungeon and the gate that's here, it's like, okay, now we know there's not just like a gate, there's multiple yeah. gates. So we got the, you know, a gate appears, you have seven days before it fully opens and monsters come through to go in, kind of clear that gate of anything that could come into this world and get out so that was really interesting to me as a concept i really liked that um so that was kind of fun to learn about because yeah like i said there wasn't a lot of forward momentum we had we had um our main character figuring out more puzzles more riddles yep. that was you know in this dungeon um but there was there was a lot more i think character development within this like small d- dwindling yeah. party that's been stuck in there um so yeah that that was kind of i think the two main focuses of these episodes were mm-hmm. figuring out the people who still remain and what they're like and then yeah giving us more information about the world in general
0: hmm Yeah, I definitely feel like this series so far is asking to be consumed at greater than three episodes at at a time. Um, Because obviously, right at this point, it feels like we're in a Dungeons Dragons battle where we're Mm -hmm. taking turns. You know, like this battle's going for a while because we're taking turns rolling dice. Um, But I agree, the information that we're getting is good. And it's adding a little bit of a twist to giving us a little more urgency that some uh, manga or shows don't have. You know, like I've seen before, um, from what I remember of it, uh, is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon? Uh, I think is how it, the long title goes. And you, there's basically towers that you go in and you're an adventurer and you go up the levels or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, they get increasingly difficult. But the point is you clear it and you sell stuff that you collect it to upgrade your gear and that kind of adventure-y sort of D&D type of thing whereas mm-hmm. this is like hey no we need to actually do this because yes you make money doing it but also if you wait on this you're going to have creatures uh take you know infiltrate invade this world so yeah, that's right. a good that's a good extra setup um And dimension to to this world
1: why these people are doing this
0: yep Mm -hmm. yep um otherwise it's um i'm still liking the art still well done like I say numbers are dwindling i'm still hoping as we get further on we get something more unique in terms of character design as opposed to Mm -hmm. like people wearing regular clothes and just i don't know it's a weird troop of people we're Put it yeah. in this initial dungeon with. But um... they,
1: uh these episodes kind of showed the worst of people, to be honest.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know,
1: I feel like this this a lot of these episodes focused on people just being scared and being shitty in a bad situation, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of showing the side of humanity that like looks for somebody to blame. For what's going on, doesn't want to take responsibility, just wants to yeah. take up frustrations. Like, every, you know, these people who, like, volunteer the party leader to be sacrificed. Yeah. Um. And then are the same people when, you know, I mean, characters like, hey, you can't run to the, like, pretend safety of this open door because you need to be here to look at these statues so they don't move. And we just need to wait out this timer and we're going to be fine. And they all just like one by one. They're like, sorry, I can't. Yeah. Like This temptation is just too great. And they won't yeah. do it.
0: So, I mean, I was, and I
1: was real frustrated with these people.
0: In fairness, it'd be, you know, obviously it's a test of faith. So it would right. be a test and difficult. But you don't know if you're judging the situation correctly. You know, makes sense. Yeah. It does seem to make sense. But if you're wrong probably dead I,
1: yeah no i totally get it it's just it's hard when you know as an outsider you can think logically of like okay like he's been right so far about all of these riddles like every single time it's been a gamble so what's different about this last one
2: mm-hmm. and like
1: it's like literally like this is the last riddle this is the last commandment it's literally testing your faith i figured it out the door is the temptation yeah Still like, nah, I got it. Go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Good episodes, but yeah, I feel like maybe, I don't know, we could try like five at a time or something. See sure. if mm-hmm. that might progress our story a little faster.
0: Right. Yep. All right. Well, that's been Soul Leveling, seven mm-hmm. through nine, and maybe meant to be, 16 through 18. We'll mm-hmm. be back next week for more Webtoon Talk, so stick around for that. Yeah. But right now, this week yet, this very evening, this very moment, we're talking House of the Dragon. Uh, no question on the episode here, it's the second one, it just came out on Sunday. One mm-hmm. episode a week, appointment viewing, There is at 8 o'clock or whatever it is, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, and here it is, so... Last week, we know that it was a big premiere, the biggest mm-hmm. premiere for HBO to date. Mm-hmm. Um, I just read before the show that episode two inched up another by another two percent in viewership. Wow. So, okay. you know, um, it Hold didn't strong so far, yeah. So the first episode didn't, um, like set the world on fire where there's a whole bunch more people, but it's obviously impressed enough that people stuck around and got a couple more. So that's good track. Um, We might as well start this off. I will pour myself another shot and have one for you because you said earlier or pre-show that you might need shots to get through some moment in the show. So while I take this, why don't you explain to us what that moment was? It's probably a pretty pivotal moment in this episode.
1: It is. It is a pivotal pivotal moment. It comes deep into the episode. Um, so I'll set it up just a little teeny bit. Um, this episode is really focused around um, a couple of different things. And one of them being that surprise, we have a time jump. It's six months into the future after the last episode. And everybody in the kingdom is expecting King Viserys to get remarried. and We've got a couple of different people like jockeying for position and like, you know, Viserys and his daughter Rhaenyra are trying to come to terms with the fact that, you know, her mother has died, but he needs to take a new wife and that's what's expected of him and he's just like they have several very beautiful conversations about, you know, I could never replace your mother. I loved her so much. They bond over their grief. They bond over how much they loved her. And it's, you know, it's all feeling like really positive. She supports him. And then he gathers the small council to make his announcement of, you know, this whole this episode has been leading up to. I've gotten several different offers. One very important one from my you know fellow Valyrian household and
2: yeah,
1: kind of right hand man over here. I was you know everybody says like this is the match to go with, even though this girl is like
0: nine maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> so <good. laughs> I I think they mentioned the age. I don't remember what it was, but it was yeah, I it was like eleven or something like that. It was...
1: She's young because yeah. she- about the fact you know when they have their like meeting um she's like oh mom said I wouldn't have to bed you until I was 14 and I'm just like mm-hmm. oh, oh this is so awful but everybody who encourages Viserys makes amazingly sp- points like I don't know side shout out to the random guy on the council that Viserys talks to yeah I don't know what his name is but he's got like the short like kind of I guess mid-length curly hair and he's like making all these amazing points about marrying this like nine-year-old girl, even though it's so gross. It's like, oh, this makes terrible, horrible, theoretical sense. You smart, great shooter. And then we have all of this happening, and it culminates in the moment that Viserys gathers the small council. He's about to announce his choice. Ranira's nodding. She supports him. She's smiling. Everybody's feeling it. And he looks around the room, and... I wrote down my reaction which was don't say it don't say it don't say it you fucking fool you absolute gd moron <laughs> she ignores all of this amazing advice and decides to slap Renira in the face as well by choosing her best friend Alicent his hand the the hand <clears> throat> throat> Otto Hightower's daughter and it worked Ah, oh, oh, I was so pissed. Like he looked around and I was just like, he's going to say it. He's, he's going to say it. it. What yeah. a, What a idiot. Like, oh, <laughs> I just knew it. And I was like, don't do it. It's the stupid move.
2: Yeah. Like
1: this whole episode, you've been building up your relationship with your daughter and you're about to just cut it down in one fell swoop. Mm-hmm. You're about to piss off a key ally. And for what? Yeah,
0: what? you're already you're already marrying for duty. Uh, yeah, right. For responsibility. So just, and so just, just marry for duty. Yeah, like,
1: just do it like you don't <laughs> need this chick. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I know they have a couple of like good conversations and whatever in this episode, because yeah. I think they are trying to like build the fact that like there's something there between the king and Allison's. But for me, it just, like, it, the payoff just doesn't seem worth it. um, And I also just think, like, it now colors my every viewing of Allison and Rhaenyra's interactions where I'm just like, Allison's not telling you that she's betting your father and trying to, like, weasel in there. And it just okay. feels gross and betrayal and ick, and I hate it.
0: So – OK, let's talk about this for a moment, because yes, we got in the we got in the end
1: in the post credits. Yeah. Yes.
0: I I want to disregard everything actors ever say. Like, I just I like. But at the same time, it's like the character the is supposed to understand their character and their motivations so they can mm-hmm. play them properly, because totally in this episode, for sure. To me, it reads as she a hundred percent knows what she's doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, we're even like we even get called out that she's like picking at her nails and like kind of making it bleed. Yep. Almost as like she doesn't, it's almost like she really like doesn't dope. want to be doing this. She's putting this yeah. on this face on so well. And this is her kind of tell or her tick here. Yes. And so yep. I don't know because she's very convincing. And seems very to be having good, genuine conversation and stuff. But then she does these lines like, I know that, you know, she would enjoy your company just as I have. Come on. You know, you're old enough. Your father is telling you to go with a certain dress, your mother's dress. Right. So when she says the actress says post credits that she is like genuine. Yeah, genuine and just, you know, she understands her father's loss and what that was like for him when they when she lost her mother and so she's, you know, it
1: it reads BS to me. Yeah. It it reads naive and BS and like maybe that's what you want to believe about your character, but like it's just it doesn't seem realistic.
2: Mhm. Mhm.
1: Unless so my my only avenue of like maybe believing that is so we, we not only got like a post credits you know kind of like actor and and writer and director discussion of the, of the episode we also got um, a preview for episode three mm-hmm. in which a lot of things are happening yeah um but kind of importantly the pieces that focus on Allison. You know, there, she is very clearly together with the king. She's trying to mend fences with Rhaenyra and her father and Rhaenyra and herself. Um, so sticking with, you know, I kind of talked about in the first episode that Viserys and Rhaenyra's relationship was giving me like Henry the Eighth and Elizabeth vibes. Um, if Henry VIII had sort of like been like, oh right, I have this like smart, amazingly talented daughter Elizabeth who could totally be a great ruler. Now I'm still getting Henry VIII vibes from Viserys and Alicent is giving me his third wife, Jane Seymour vibes, who was like the ultimate like, who's often portrayed um, as the ultimate like peacekeeper, like uniter. She like only wants, you know, Henry to be reconciled with his daughters and like Let's mend fences, and I love everybody, and I'm so gentle and sweet all the time. So that is sort of like the only avenue that my brain can maybe wrap around Allison's motives being genuine. But like you, Peace I'm sort keeping,
0: of quite... mending sort of things. Right, so.
1: right. But I'm st- I'm still sort of questioning that because of what you said, like the the finger picking that she's got, like the nervous tick. It does seem almost a a manifestation of like maybe her guilt, guilty conscience at what she's yeah. doing. Because she has to know on some level, even if you know she only wants good things for Rhaenyra and Viserys, she has to know that Rhaenyra would feel betrayed by this. Right. Like there's no conceivable way. That she wouldn't feel that way, especially because Allison didn't forthright say, Hey, my father sent me to your father. Mm -hmm. And now we're developing a relationship. She hid all of that from Renee. Plenty of opportunities to tell her. So didn't
0: Otto tell her as well that like you're not mentioning this to or was that the king? Was that Viserys? He's like. You're not mentioning this. You're to... not mentioning
1: our talks. Yeah. Viserys. Yeah. In this episode, yeah. you're not mentioning our talks to Rhaenyra. Um, yeah. And I mean, Which I is
0: odd too, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I I mean, I get that because they clearly, they clearly both know that re- Rhaenyra would react badly. So yeah. that makes this episode all the more disappointing for those relationships that seem to be going so well. And you're like, but it's all not going to go well. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. You you say you want to mend fences with her and you want everything to be happy, but like, how can it? You're keeping mm. this huge secret from her. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it just that that small council scene, just like, oh, my my brain, my hands, my, you know, whole body was just like, oh, God.
0: These are, they were- I, I was saying, I think I'm putting in my notes. I was definitely getting some Ned Stark vibes in this, Mm -hmm. like the kind of naive, but like trying to do right sort of thing. um, That's really going to ultimately like not being, yeah, it's, you know, we, (laughs) we sort of get the lesson often in Martin's work. It seems that like, if you don't play ball, if you don't play the political game, If you don't respect the powers that be and the structures that are in place, you're going to be in trouble. Things aren't going to go well for you. And so um, I don't know what that exactly is. If that's like a, just a, if that's a pessimism or a, uh, like a feeling more true to history sort of element or what exactly. But
1: I think in terms of like Ned Stark, you at least felt that with him, there was, he's doing the right thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's exposing the truth about Cersei and Jamie, and he's trying yes. to tell Robert about, you know, all of this. So he's he's doing like right, but right isn't always, like you said, it, it doesn't always matter if you're not playing the political ballgame. Yep. Here, Viserys just seems like an idiot.
2: Mm-hmm. Like
1: there's no like, this is the right thing to do on any level. Like... Alicent doesn't need him to, like, swoop in and save her. Um, There's no wrong that's happening, technically. Like, nobody would not marry Alicent because she's been with the king. You know, he doesn't owe it to her. So we're just, we're not getting the same sense of, like, oh, Viserys, you're, like, dying upon the sword of righteousness here. It's literally just, like, you fool.
0: Yep. (laughs) <laughs> uh, you know, it, there's a lot of um, reality in Martin's works now that I think is um, sets it apart from other fantasy things. A lot of grounded elements, but one um, one element that I think is uh, not so realistic that's rearing its head now is this idea that children. Um, are going to be allowed, princess or not, to sort of run amok or do their own thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's, it's so, you know, we have a moment where, so um, let's see, it's his name, um, Doctor Who, the Doctor. Damon? Um, yeah, Damon. Prince Damon is obviously is an issue. The, the council sees him as a problem. He's kind of taken over uh, Dragon's um Dragonstone. Dragonstone. Mm-hmm. And and then taking an egg. Well, they go. Otto decides he's gonna go with some people and have a little convo and get an egg back. Stupid. And I'm of there's a lot of wrong here in terms of how this was handled. Firstly, if you meant to like take an egg by force. You better take a dragon because you know he has one.
1: Same you, you gotta do it. That, that was my thought. Like, I mean, he took a when he like gathered his force and he was like, Oh, let me handle this, my king. Like, you can't yeah. like denigrate yourself to like respond to this. And then he's like, Round up 20 of my personal guard. And I was like, 20 people?
0: Yeah. Going he's to get got an, an, an army of, of gold coats or whatever um, now. Yeah.
1: Yet. 2,000 gold cloaks, I think they said in the last episode, and he's got a dragon and you got like 20 dudes Mm -hmm. like oh, oh, this was like spectacularly Mm ill-conceived now, I get
0: if you're gonna go, and you just say I'm here, in the hand of the king, I'm letting you know in person that he is very displeased that you have taken a dragon egg, and we are asking for it back we intend no harm to you or anyone here, but is not, uh, is not appropriate nor acceptable for you to have taken a dragon egg. And, you know, return the egg to us now or the king will hear of your insolence. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Never, don't draw your sword. Make it clear you didn't come there to fight because you clearly didn't come there to fight. You came there to yeah. fight. You're on the losing end. Yeah. So it, you just deliver the message. He better do it. If he doesn't comply, you get what you want, anyways. He's de- he's denying the order of the king, and you mm-hmm. give more more reason to build mount a campaign against him. So it was handled poorly by Otto for sure, mm-hmm. and obviously, uh, Renier comes in and saves the day with mm-hmm. her bond with her uh
1: uncle
0: Uncle yeah and um it's a kind of a fun moment i like it i like seeing the dragon yeah. come through the clouds like it's well done yeah but this is a situation in the past there is no way she get away with this sort of that you you did not you denied the king and his wishes you took off with a dragon flew however many miles like uh, it, you're you're in trouble. I don't care if you're the princess. So this whole thing where you get to kind of talk back and like be your own you know, your own self when you're a child yet. I just feel like if we're going to be real, someone she's getting bent over someone's knees, getting the wooden paddle and like locked up in a chamber for a while because how yeah. dare you disrespect the king.
1: Yeah, so I mean, if Otto had his way, I bet he would viserys is a really hard character to get a read on yeah because he's so flip floppy and not in like a bad way where i'm frustrated with him but like i just can't predict how he's going to react to stuff yeah so like that's true you know early on in the episode like rhaenyra proposes a plan and he just like harsh like cuts her down like fool shut your mouth like I don't even want to hear what you have to say because it's dumb and she's like and then later she tries to bring it up again and he's just like no you don't understand and then like here he's like ah like you've got the courage and you know can't believe you did that and you know we're having like a now we're having like a father-daughter teachable bonding moment and things and I'm like where was where was Harsh Guy? Like, I sort of thought he was going to be there. And I think it's, like, due to the actor that I'm not frustrated as much by, like, the turn in his behaviors. Because he does it in other scenarios, too. Like, with the small council, sometimes he, like, kind of erupts in anger. And then he allows himself to be, like, pulled back. So I just, I never quite know what Viserys I'm going to get. And I think it's due to the actor that he's handling it pretty well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: In what could otherwise seem like uneven character development or like flip flopping, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I I'd, I'd agree with that. Like it's it's not frustrating to me. It just is like when it, it's something that and maybe yeah maybe that works for for him. I just think of like Tywin Lannister, the way he didn't let his adult children oh yeah talk back to him. He'd yeah. shut him down. You know, <laughs> it's like. You're gonna have some respect here, kind of thing, right. and it's that's even that's a different situation than the king of you know, King's right. Landing, Westeros, whatever. And well,
1: uh, it it it's so to to ride that train, it is and it isn't because Tywin definitely felt like he was king, like Robert yeah. Baratheon was not doing squat. Yes, well, Ty, yeah, was, Tywin
0: was pulling the strings for sure.
1: I mean, so he was like the hand of the king, but he was like the king. I you mean, know. But he had all he... the power. He had the gold. He had, like, stuff going on. Like, Robert Baratheon was, like, just tourneying and partying and, you know, hunting. Like, he did not give a crap.
0: Do you... so, I don't know if I read it that way during Robert Baratheon. Like, once, once it was Joffrey, for sure. Oh, was everybody...
1: absolutely, like, iron-fisted. Like, yeah. he was king in all but name. But I feel like Tywin really felt like he was pulling the... Sh- pulling the strings in a lot of stuff and sort of was like the hidden power. And then with Joffrey it was like less hidden and more power.
0: Maybe yeah, maybe he felt that way. But I he being the smart guy he is, you know, they I feel like they still the Lannisters were they weren't where they wanted to be and they saw Robert Baratheon as the block to where they wanted to be. Because they they weren't in charge. Their banners weren't flown. They weren't ones really calling the shots until he was because, gone. and
1: then Yeah, only because he was, like, unpredictable.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he was unpredictable. But he like, managed to keep all the cesspool, the whole, like, cabal in line a little bit, despite being, you know. Him. Yeah. Like, he's still... Yeah. Everybody just did their thing. It went, al- you know, like there was a system in place. There was, it, there right. a power structure was was like respected because there weren't these like coup attempts and like poisonings right. and, and like, I don't know. It just felt like things were kind of settled and there wasn't right. order to things,
1: well, even though think... Robert
0: didn't want the job.
1: Right. I think that was, I think that's, to me, that's like, due to a couple of things, one, like, Robert Baratheon was, like, a strong personality when he wanted to be, and just, like, right. made very clear choices about things. And there wasn't a lot of, like, people that could sway him. So he would just, like, make choices, like, you know, uh Robert Arryn was his Hand of the King, and then he wanted Ned Stark, despite Tywin's best efforts. But Tywin was, like, managing a lot of, like, shadow things. Like, things that robert i think didn't directly care about and was still kind of like amassing his power and i think the lannisters were just kind of like positioning themselves be where they wanted to be so that tywin could just like step out of the shadows and be like here it is yep so yeah so when he was handed the king like he just like iron fisted it and then coming back to Viserys, I just don't think, like, that's his personality normally. I think he has, like, fits of passion and fits of, like, peak where he's, you know, laying it down. And then he does retreat into that, like, mild-mannered, like, eh, yeah, just kidding. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm... But if Damon were to be the king, I think he absolutely would be more of a Tywin than a Viserys. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think he would be more, like... You don't talk back to me like you don't get away yeah. with stuff. I don't care if you're my kid, I don't care if you're my right-hand man, I don't care if you're my wife. I don't care. Like this is how it's going to be. I I rule, I win. I tell yep. you what to do. Yep.
0: Yeah, it was interesting because uh someone we haven't talked about much <laughs> is um um Princess Aaron, Valerian. Um the other Renice? option. Renice. Yeah, Renice. Mm-hmm. Renice. Uh, the other option for uh, Ruler previously. Mm-hmm. And we get to talk to her a little bit in this one, this episode. What? How did she? What did you make of her? Like, how, how do you read her? Yeah, I thought it was interesting how she said, like, Viserys is no fool. You know, he's a smart guy. And then cut to the end of the episode (laughs) you know but uh (laughs) fool uh yeah uh, yeah what'd you what'd you make of her i she i still read her as as pretty bitter
1: yes totally read her as bitter and actually the actress that plays her um i i don't remember her name so alan will have to help me out on this one um but i loved her post-credits commentary where she's like I think, you know, Renice is both sharing what she thinks is like some hard truths with Rhaenyra, but also is doing so because she's super bitter about being passed over. And she just like wants to believe that, you know, it's like the patriarchal system where it's just like men prefer the father to son, hand it down bloodline. They hate the idea of a woman on the throne. So even though like, Rhaenyra's special for now it's not gonna last right? and he, she kind of takes like a weird comfort in that like
2: yeah, everything's
1: gonna return to the natural like patriarchal system because yep. that's the only reason I, I couldn't have been chosen right. and she doesn't want to believe that like it's something about her personally which I mean we haven't seen enough of her to know if it's something personal that you know she, like people just saw like Hey, we like the patriarchal system that we have, but then also we don't think because of X, Y, and Z personality we couldn't accept you. You know what I mean? We we, yeah. we haven't seen enough of her, I think, to yeah. know if that's true or not. But it's definitely what she wants to believe, and that totally felt right to me as like that post credits explanation.
0: I was I was best. I was, ex-
1: best. I was
0: expecting to get. For for whatever reason, I was thinking she was going to come across as a sort of, what, Queen of Thorns? Was it Queen of Thorns or Queen of the Roses? uh,
1: Oh, Olenna. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, that kind of, like, a a high intelligence ready to, like, you know, Mm -hmm. and sort of a little above it all, like, she's made peace with this is how things are. Wouldn't necessarily expect that she was going to become the queen anyways. And, like, she's seen she's aware of reality and seen it now and just like been Mm -hmm. through a lot and just was going to be a wise figure that would potentially counsel, uh, Rhaenyra well. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I just, um, yeah. So I was, I just was surprised, you know, uh, but what she was like off of our kind of first interaction with her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was, I like you was kind of hoping for an Olenna Marjorie type. Relationship where Marjorie clearly learned from Olenna how to work situations to her advantage to like, you know, not quite be meanly manipulative, manipulative, but smartly manipulative. Yeah, to gain power and to gain, you know, that type of like powerful currency of being liked or being respected. Um, you know. Not being seen as like a threat necessarily, but being, yeah, being powerful in her the own The ones
0: life. that know see her as a threat.
1: The right, ones, exactly. the
0: other smart people see her as a threat. Right. Uh, and the it's people not that. Like,
1: she's not like threatening.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So I, yeah, I was kind of also hoping for that relationship. And yeah, that's not what we got.
0: Because, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, it's <laughs> some of the best in Game of Thrones is how well done these conniving the powers that be are at play with one another. these conversations. It's like the conversations it's like in Tarantino, but really intelligent. It's just like Mm -hmm. around the table and with wine, like drinking and talking. So I'm hoping we have, we have some of that somewhere in this, but, um, Mm -hmm. but, um, what'd you, what'd you overall, what'd you think of episode two?
1: I thought it was good. Um, You know, Chris and I were talking about it and and he was like, oh, you know, I heard some people mention that it was a a slow episode. And we both didn't feel that way because we felt that it was a really great plot and character development episode. Like everything that happened in this episode felt necessary to move plot lines and people forward. We... Mm -hmm. You know, we got a lot of information about like, hey, some time has passed, some threats are happening, like Daemon's at Dragonstone, he's getting real, real uh, ballsy about it, <laughs> you know, just announcing like, hey, I'm the rightful true heir, I'm setting up a Dragonstone, I'm gonna get married, I have a kid, I'm stealing a dragon egg, like, got my gold cloaks, so he's sort of clarifying his position, and so that sets up a lot of great conflict with his family there. Um and then, you know, we've got the whole thing with the, the shipping lanes that was first mentioned in yeah. the episode is becoming rapidly more um, perilous for our characters and and definitely needs, like, immediate attention. We've got, like, a new threat to address in the crab feeder, whose mask, by the way, is super creepy. I yeah. love it. Um. So, yeah, so, cool. like, things things are happening. Things are moving. Like, the king needs to remarry. We've got some, like... Personal relationships that are affected by that. The king and Rhaenyra's relationship moves back and forth. So, yeah, I I thought this was a really a really great storytelling episode. It wasn't the most exciting compared to episode one, where we you know got dragons and tournaments and crazy childbirth scenes yeah. and you know, but and yeah. gold cloaks on rampage. Like, yeah, there wasn't a, as much action. But we needed this to tell stories, and that's what this yeah. episode did.
0: Yeah, I mean, we got to find out that uh, we got a lot more from Lord Borliss Valerian, yeah. and we mm-hmm. find out that he's talking to Damon. Then at the end, yes. so more trouble. I mean, like
1: who didn't see that coming? Right because Saris made himself some really really obvious enemies Mm -hmm. and i was just like of course this team up is happening
0: (laughs) yep i mean look yeah Mm -hmm. people can think the episodes is is slow i get it but i also think there's definitely an audience out there that's like if the episode doesn't have like a beheading and some tits it's not a good episode and it's like to me the episode game of thrones this stuff has always been about the political drama exactly. and the, the other stuff is all benefits but it's not yep. it's not the core of the show and that's right. the the thing is some of the best episodes can just be about the tension of the political drama and mm-hmm. in this i mean the tension when you have two dragons facing off
2: mm like that was to great. me,
0: those are great moments, like hey, you see the thing coming through the cloud lands like all of a sudden uh, playing great. field level, you know like yeah it's uh yeah, so those those are the moments for sure that mm-hmm. uh make the show
1: yeah i uh I really liked this episode overall mm-hmm.
0: um i slowly giving myself letting myself hope a little more. That this mm-hmm. series is going to be a success because well, we got two episodes and pretty good. So,
1: yeah, yeah, and we got uh, we got some previews for a third episode in which we, I mean, we seem to have more time passing. So mm-hmm. I kind of like this. Like, so far, it's it's done well in this like jump ahead storyline. Yeah,
2: story yeah um, we're not so lingering. They, we're moving.
1: Yeah. So hopefully they can continue to do that well and we don't feel – like in this episode, I didn't feel like I'd missed anything. Right. You know what I mean? For it it moving along six months into the future, I didn't feel that that passage of time was too abrupt or that, you know, I wasn't connecting events or too many things that happened in the between time. I felt like the episode both recapped these six months and moved us forward in a really natural way. So I hope that they can continue to keep doing that well.
2: Yep. Yep. Agreed.
1: Um, I was going to say one
2: thing.
0: Man, I know. While you're looking, I'll just say I'm happy that the guy from Uncharted is in this. Uh, I forget his name. Something Graham. He's an English actor. He is in this. Yeah mm-hmm
1: he's a uh, dracula too isn't he in castlevania
0: oh yeah yep mm-hmm. yeah he's yeah. in he's in the uncharted games and yeah, he's mm-hmm. he's a he's a fun fun nice guy so yes good to see him um, um not finding your other thing you wanted to bring up
1: no i just
0: another rotting uh, the rotting finger another yes! wound yes! to the king
1: that's it? That's what, I, yeah, that's actually, yes, thank you. I was trying to, like, think of what I hadn't mentioned yet, and I was, like, coming up with, like, oh, Sir Kristen Cole joined the the Kingsguard, and, like, traded jabs with Damon and that was kind of fun. Obviously, also traded some looks with Rhaenyra, so maybe there's a little going on <laughs> there. Um, but, yeah, no, it was totally Viserys's, like, rotting finger, and the, like, ugh, maggot cure that yeah. the maester mm-hmm. suggests. So clearly what whatever like whatever malady is affecting Viserys it's progressing. Um, well,
0: this was another cut from the Iron Throne.
1: Right, cuz it was the cut from on yeah. his pinky finger. Right. In the Yeah. So I mean first we got the one on the back and then we got the one on the finger and so clearly clearly whatever the Iron Throne's doing to him it's moving forward. Yeah. Like whatever yeah. it is um and I don't know I mean, I guess it took six months between the cut on the finger that we saw and the, you know, rotting flesh. But it's kind of giving us the idea that, like, should he get he continue to be cut to, like, this is going to start progressing. Yeah. yeah. You know, it does feel like like a time bomb in a in a sense. I mean, they can't just like have it not mean anything.
0: Yep. Yeah, I'm happy I don't know the story because to me it's like you know what's going to happen here in general with the history of it i it, you know i feel like we're going to he's going to produce a male heir but maybe he you know he's not long for this world so then he dies and then the the child is too young so we end up with like a queen, queen regent and you know i don't know it's, no no uh, I'm,
1: I'm i'm only laughing because this is like literally henry the eighth
0: sure yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so i mean if he does it would totally be like henry the and his uh his son edward i believe by jane seymour is like the long-awaited male heir that he produces and like henry dies he becomes king at like this super super crazy young age so he needs like a regent and then his sisters yeah. basically are like just kidding get you out of here kid
2: yeah um, right
1: so so, yeah. So, I mean, this would be like if if this is the story of, you know, Henry VIII and the Tudor dynasty, it's being told really well. And with dragons.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah.
1: So, no. And I'm, I'm I I, here for it.
0: I wouldn't I wouldn't be. Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to someone. I obviously do this, but especially when you're thinking, hey, I'm writing Song of Ice and Fire, I'm writing Game of Thrones and I'm doing backstory for all this stuff mm-hmm. makes sense. That's pull from history. Let's do some, mm-hmm. what have been some interesting, fascinating, dramatic things in the past. Let's, let's take this. It would yep. make perfect sense.
1: So. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're, uh, you know, well versed. Uh So you can tell us what the comparisons are, where things deviate. And
1: Yeah. I was going to say, if I mean, we continue down this kind of like ghost Henry, the eighth storyline. Um, Yeah. I mean, I got, I got the histories covered, man. This is like my time period. This is my jam. So. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, that has been, um, house of the dragon episode two and that'll do it from us. Popcast on the rocks episode 118. You should check us out on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all those places um on YouTube, leave a review or like comments, like, share, all that sort of thing. subscribe, turn on notifications, that sort of thing um if you listen on a podcast directory on Spotify, I often leave a question or a poll or something like that. This last week's one was like when did Game of Thrones what season did it start going bad you know uh. <laughs> So you can sure. leave uh, leave an answer there, um, Ooh, that kind of thing.
1: I want to know for this week. I want I want to I want to put a poll out there. Who should Viserys have chosen, Lena or Allison?
0: Okay, all right.
1: I want to know Lena,
0: Allison or other. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. So yeah, if you're on Spotify, go ahead and answer those. Join the discussion. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Our theme is brought to you by Killing the Flower. Check them them out on Instagram, YouTube, and Spotify. And um, that'll do it from us. Andrea, thanks for joining me once again.
1: Of course. Cheers to the late night, everybody.
0: Woo!